Welcome back to the Georgia 2024 show. We're glad to have our audience wherever you may be. We're especially thankful for the new audience at Frank's speech. Uh, the Georgia show is where we dig into what's going on in the great state of Georgia. Georgia is central to everything happening as the matrix attacks our republic. And uh, we are dedicated here at this show to uh, tell you really what's happening in Georgia, but also stories that may impact the state and the 2024 election. I'm here with my co-host, Bill Quinn. Welcome, Bill. Thank you very much, Todd. It's good to be with you. So this show is brought to you by the Georgia Record, georgiarecord.com at cdm.press. And uh, please put us in your daily scan, sign up for our newsletters, sign up for our, or subscribe to our Rumble channel, CDM1, all of our social media. It's all there on georgiarecord.com. You can find it and uh, check out our no ad subscription. CDM is a global company and we have websites, 13 and growing digital sites around the world where we bring you news without all the globalist spin from Ukraine to Georgia to Asia, uh, really all over the world. So we're proud of what we're building. So please, please support us in that effort. Check out our no ad, no ad subscriptions. You get access to all of this news with uh, absolutely no ads and uh, people love it. So Bill, we've got a full show today. We're going to start with Mallory Staples on the uh, Hartsfield Airport issue. We've got Ash Epp, who's going to talk about ranked choice voting in Colorado and how they're trying to do it there to kind of advise Georgians on what's happening or, or to be aware of, you know, how the tactics they're using elsewhere. We have Court Anderson, the new editor-in-chief of the Manhattan. He's going to talk about some New York issues. And then our favorite BKP will round up the show. Uh, so let's bring in our first guest, Bill. All right. Mallory Staples, how are you? Thank you for joining us. Uh, so happy to be here. We're doing fine. We are drinking from the fire hose of corruption here in the state of Georgia. <laughs> never stops, never stops. I mean, you dig down a little bit and it's like a whole nother level. Um, it's really amazing. So we're, we're trying to keep up at this point, never mind keeping an eye on these folks during the legislative session. So, you know, we've got these headliner stories like Fani and the illegals. And then we have the legislative agenda by the so-called Republicans uh, that we're trying to keep tabs on and activate the grassroots with. So we we are busy people like you guys. I mean, I think, I think the good guys are all really busy right now. So I think I think everybody's busy. So yeah. um, so you've you've had one heck of a week following the um, uh, the news coming out of Hartsfield Airport, where you uh, uh, and Senator Colton Moore and members of his staff actually discovered these um, people being trafficked or or assisted in trafficked mm -hmm. uh, through the airport. So there's we found uh, additional information that bears light on some of the organizations that appear to be involved in this, and one was mentioned in uh, during. Uh, Senator Moore's uh, encounter with these people. So let's begin. Just quickly recap, if you could. I'm going to take a few minutes in just a minute and show just a little clip of of the encounter. But once that was over, tell us what happened um, when when you were leaving the airport one more time, so people get a sense of of that, if you would. Yes, very surprising. I mean, I think from the point that Colton lifted his arm and said. Do you mind if I just get a video? And his arm, of course, he's a tall man. You know, he has a very wide wingspan. Um, he was able to capture the room pretty quickly. But from the, um, so sorry, from the minute that he did that, things took a very dramatic turn. You hear the soldiers say, you're done. And the um, assault occurred at that time. Um, 
they turned, Blake and um, Colton turned to leave because he said it was, you know, obvious at that point, once he um, commandeered his cell phone back, um, that they were not welcome there. So sorry. This is, I mean, I'm a mom, so my children are blowing me up. My apologies, but family first. So sorry. Um, so they turned to leave. And as they left, they were thrilled at that point to be in possession of the cell phone that the soldier originally took out of um, Colton's hand. And they, the soldier followed that one particular soldier who, when you freeze frame it in the video, you can see his face, um, proceeded to follow them screaming obscenities at them. And Colton said, sir, I don't think it's uh, necessary for you to use that kind of language. And he just like, it was just a nasty, nasty. This, this was from, this was from the guy in uniform. Yes. catch his rank. Do you, do you have any idea what his rank was? I'm just curious. Um, I do not. Okay. I do not, but that information may be forthcoming. Okay. Um, we're, we're drilling down on several fronts and I can kind of give you the, um, high level on that. So mm -hmm. I had been standing back a bit with the whistleblower, um, and it became very evident that Blake and Colton felt like we needed to leave pretty quickly, that we weren't welcome in that environment yeah. there at the airport and that it was possible somebody was going to continue to follow them and try and commandeer the phone again or all of our devices for that matter. So mm -hmm. um, Blake was very quickly trying to dispense the video out, you know, send it to the Google Drive, send it to the rest of the team's phones and that kind of thing. So um, we left uh, the airport after that. Um, we have uh, Senator Moore's office has requested the footage from on the state and federal level. Um, he went back down to file a report with the police um, there. They have a a office or a precinct there at the airport. And when mm -hmm. he walked in, we, he and Blake went back. Um, I did not go <laughs> this time uh, for for safety reasons and things like that. But they went back, and Colson said the minute they walked in. He said, I'm here. And they said, we're watching your video right now. And there was no assault. First thing out of their mouth. And he was like, oh, wait. So the most surveilled, you know, um, structure or, you know, site in, in the in the whole state basically didn't have a camera at this yeah. particular area. And all the cameras were faced out away from this door. There was nothing um, just happens to be that none of the cameras were facing the entry to this private, you know, tucked away room. So they were not cooperative at all. They said, you were not assaulted. Continue just, I mean, they knew who Colton and Blake were the minute they walked in and were very, very resistive. Were they, um, were, were they able to file a report nonetheless? They were. And yeah. there is an investigator um, who called Colton. He spoke to him. I guess that would have been Friday or maybe Thursday afternoon. It's a bit of a blur. Forgive me. And, um, and he kind of started in with Colton. Well, why didn't you come straight down? And why didn't you do this? And why didn't you do that? And, yeah. So Colton handled all that very well, but we're pressing forward legally on all fronts with that. Yep. Well, let's let's take a minute. I want to pull a thread that came out of the the video of Colton actually speaking with the people in the room, and then we're going to follow that thread for a couple of minutes, if you may. So. Sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. Transporting anybody anywhere? Yeah, we're all getting in place to, to where they need to be. Okay, where they need to be? All over the place. Where are they coming from? As in, like, country of origin, yeah. stuff like that? All, also all over the place. All over the place. Yeah. You know when they come into the U.S.? Why, can I ask you why you ask these questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The center from Northwest Georgia. Yeah. And uh, not a big fan of human trafficking. Just want to make sure oh, everything's yeah. above board here. Yeah, so these are just uh, do recently documented travelers getting released from ICE, getting to where they need to be. Yeah. So, you're your accompanying a volunteer. Yeah. Team Liberty. Yeah. Okay. Is that a. Uh... Okay, so I'm going to hold that there. Team Liberty. It also, the, the actual name is Team Libertad. And uh, if you go to Facebook, there is Team Libertad. They have a, they're very proud to have a Facebook page. You'll notice that the symbol in the upper left matches the symbol we just saw on the shirt, uh, the black shirt that the gentleman speaking with Senator Moore was wearing. And so it's, it's very interesting. They have uh, pictures of their activities. They describe them, their activities being helping uh, migrants and folks looking for asylum through the process. Here's one of the pictures they have on their Facebook site. And so it is very interesting. Now, concurrent with this, we noticed that a number of folks around the country were posting videos regarding um, organizations or non-governmental organizations or both helping folks with this process. In other words, helping them figure out how to, one, get here and what to do once they are here. So I'm going to flip to another video that was uh, posted by Sheriff Mark Lamb. And we're going to listen to just about a minute of this as uh, we hear the reporter there. Consider this map, which shows the route from Colombia to the United States and marks 12 U.S. border crossing points with flags. Many similar maps are distributed by other organizations. This map, distributed by the Red Cross, shows the route from Panama to the United States in painstaking detail. On the back of the map, illegal aliens are encouraged to ride on top of freight trains to reach the United States border. The next stop along the route is the city of Pasto. It was here that we discovered a secret staging point for Chinese illegal aliens headed to the United States. So right now we are in Colombia at the Cabanas Rio Mayo Hotel. And this hotel that we stumbled upon by accident is a major hub, a major transit point meeting place for Chinese foreign nationals that are on their way to the United States. And last night when we were here, we were eating at this hotel restaurant and we were the only uh, foreigners that were not Chinese. I mean, the, literally the entire hotel is just Chinese foreigners. Uh, we spoke with the hotel staff here and they confirmed that. And while there are some women and children, it's mostly military-aged males. There's some right behind me right now, actually. One thing. Okay, so I'm going to pull that out. I'm going to go to one more that came out. And there's a couple more organizations listed. You heard the reporter note that some of the documents he was referring to uh, had come from the Red Cross. So listen to this next reporter. Taking information from a contact in Border Patrol just sent me this. This is a document that was found in Hakumba, California. It's written in Chinese and a couple things to note. It says where to go, three different locations. There's three different locations in Hakumba. They've got the addresses here. It tells them what to say. It tells them what to say to Border Patrol. If you go on the back though, this is what really gets me. It actually has the organization 
that created this document. Right there, al otro lado. It all goes back to the open borders left, training them, aiding and abetting. And we have more evidence of it right here, directly from al otro lado and the American Bar Association. These guys are directly aiding and abetting. So you heard him refer to uh, la otro lado and the American Bar Association. So we go back to the Facebook from Team Libertad. And right here on the bottom, one of their associations is Al Otra Lado. And I bet if we if we took time and were able to research the rest of these, we'd find very interesting connections. So I'm going to stop for a minute. I'm going to let you give, and I know we kind of threw this at you at the last minute, but give me your impressions of, of what this does now. We're dealing with not just, you know, illegal aliens entering from South America, but perhaps much broader than that. What are your, what are your thoughts? Uh, first and foremost, um, the sovereign commander in chief of the state of Georgia, Governor Brian Kemp, uh, should be weighing in on this. Uh, First Lady Marty Kemp runs the Grace Commission, which is an organization that addresses human trafficking. And I'm going to find it very hard to believe, I will tell you, that someone like myself can walk into the Atlanta airport and see this. And the person in charge of combating human trafficking in Georgia has no idea. Uh, we are receiving reports from all over the state of activity with illegals. Um, you know, I'm told out of D.C. the real number for this invasion is to the upwards of 22 million. That's roughly seven or eight percent of the population, American citizens of the United States. So nobody is buying the fact that the governor's office, the highest office in the state, has no idea especially when the first lady her concentration is human trafficking. We want answers. Chris Carr, how you doing, buddy? Um, are you coming to work anytime? Can we hear from you at any time about anything that the people care about, like election integrity, Bonnie Willis, First Amendment rights, due process, illegal invasion? I mean, anything, anything. People have absolutely had it. And what we need to also see happen is Senate leadership. Senate Oversight Committee needs to flex their subpoena power. They need to start using that muscle. They need to subpoena everybody who's in authority at the Atlanta airport. And I want them to bring in the mayor. I want them to bring in elected officials. They, we need answers for who is allowing this to go on. Because at this point, it's not a question about whether it's going on. I mean, it's going on all over the country. It's going, you know, you, we saw multiple stories last week. I mean, the piece Tucker Carlson did was phenomenal. And it touches on that genesis of who, who is putting the gas in the engine, who is incentivizing and equipping illegals from all over the country to literally invade the United States and replace the citizens of America with non-American citizens. This is a very coordinated highly funded um, attempt to take over the country forever. When you have seven or 8% of the country being illegals, and I'm told by my congressional sources that the government has begun to issue a government ID, not a piece of paper, but a legitimate government ID like our driver's license to these people to better facilitate and expedite them being able to register to vote. This is not 
even complicated. And, and so we want answers. People want accountability. We want this shut down. We want it now. And largely it's quiet. I mean, there were some senators that expressed like outrage and oh my gosh to Colson about this once he went to the well and the story broke later that day. But no one's done anything. I mean, nobody's making it to my knowledge. And please correct me if I'm wrong. Y'all can find me on social media. Send me statements that our representatives have made. But up until now, like it's consistent with pretty much everything else from anybody can take a voting machine and hack it. Moving forward, there's just no comment. There is no action. There's no response. And so I think it's pretty clear that our elected officials do not have the same concerns that we do. They have a different outlook on the future and what's going to happen because you've really got to question either the sanity or the um, principles of someone that does not react immediately to the to the knowledge, and that's what it is at this point, it's a data point, that we are being invaded in the state of Georgia, just like everywhere else in the country. Why would that not be a concern? Why would they not want to do this? So, you know, if their bread's not getting buttered by freedom, it's getting buttered by socialism and communism. And, and that's what we want to see. And, and it's just very black and white at this point, very black and white. Mallory, is there, is there any uh, talk of recall efforts with Kemp and, and these jokers in the administration? I mean, there's there? talk of it, but I don't think there's any significant, you know, constitutional action being taken. Hmm. It strikes me as confounding that we've we've heard so little from other uh, legislators, from nothing from Kemp that I'm aware of regarding this, um, but, but others across the state. You would think that this would be just you know, blowing their office doors off. Let me get in front of this. Let me let me what? see what we can be doing to expose it and, and investigate it. What an easy win. It's the number one issue. It has surpassed election integrity. It is the and they're connected and people get that. It is the number one issue with Americans right now. And nobody wants to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, that's like a softball. Like people should be making their boldest, boldest statements. And we had to go to a committee meeting last week for um, a committee Colton was on because a Democrat senator was bringing forward a bill and they didn't even vote on it that day because the resistance to it, I mean, was so strong that gives in-state tuition to refugees. Oh, is this I the mean, uh, HD 900? No, no, no. Um, no, that one's out of the house. This is a Senate oh. bill. And by the way, oh. to all your listeners, we, we have been told that HB 900 is, it's a Democrat held bill. They don't have the majority. We don't, that, that doesn't need to be worried about because it's not going to pass. They can't even whip the votes for that. So um, that would be like political suicide for a Republican, you know, to sign on, but they don't have the votes for HB 900. I know a lot of people are concerned. Um, just like that bill in committee, um, SB, I can't think of the number right now, didn't even get a vote because there was so much outrage. So, yeah. um, so I don't think we need, I think there's other things to be more concerned about than HB 900. Your role in all of this is going to become, uh, I believe increasingly important as we work, work our way through the legisl legislative session, um, mm -hmm. and see the reaction from these folks. We actually, the Georgia record put a few feelers out yesterday asking folks, asking various organizations if they were going to respond to this in the hopes that, you know, somebody would say, oh, gosh, you know, we're going to be talking about this today. Maybe maybe we should issue, a, you know, a comment or our, or our plan or anything other than silence. 
And uh, as you said, according to the last hour or so, we haven't seen anything. It It's amazing. It, it's amazing. I mean, I have, we have citizens doing research that is yielding the most unbelievable sources of funding to this Team Libertad. I mean, Bill, I told you our friend Marcy McCarthy was screenshotting stuff to Colton and I while she's on a flight from like point A to point B. She's yep. not even like a researcher by trade. And Home Depot and the Fulton County Board of Commissioners give money. There were so many churches that funded um, Team Libertad. I can't even tell you. It, it, you don't even have to look very, like if you were putting minimal effort towards it, you're going to find a lot of players that shouldn't be playing and a lot of international money. It, it just, where, where's the outrage? Which yeah. is what grassroots, always, what's what we always want to know. Where's the outrage and where is the justice? And I tell you right now, the Georgia Freedom Caucus is going to be a dog with a bone, just like we were with investigating Fonnie Willis. Um, just where we are right now with impeaching Fonnie Willis, um, stopping political persecution, Senator Colton Moore's bill. I would also like to give a very um, strong shout out to Senator Brandon Beach in the Senate. He is the only senator who has signed on to our stop political persecution bill that Colton's carrying that would disallow this type of activity moving forward for citizens to be targeted by people, uh, DAs like Fonnie Willis. But we're going to be a dog with a bone on this illegal issue as well. Um, our, our way of life is on the line and we're not backing down, not for like one second. We will look forward to having you on again. Uh, it seems like you have a, uh, you have new, new news for almost every one of the shows. So thank you for all the work. Thanks, Mallory. Um, and, and be safe while you're doing all these investigations. So. I will. And thank you for giving me a platform to get this out. I appreciate you guys very much. You bet. Thank you, Mallory. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. So for our, uh, audience, uh, wherever you may be on Caravan to Midnight Network, Frank Speech, or Conservative Daily, or our other syndicated channels. Uh, we have a financial advisor, David Cross, who we recommend highly to anyone that needs such services. Let's run an ad, Bill. This is a special report. Knowing how to invest your money is harder than ever before. Dealing with stock market volatility, record debt, and terrorist attacks requires new thinking. At U.S. Asset Management, we can help you see the world more clearly so that you can move beyond the chaos and invest with confidence. Call us, visit us online, or drop by our office. U.S. Asset Management, helping you make better decisions with your money. So, Bill, I've been you know, telling people that we're growing at CDM, and that's definitely happening. We've had a real big impact running to the sound of the guns in Colorado. We did an event out there, I guess, a year and a half ago now. Uh, on uh, the military. And wow, what a great organization we found on the ground. And so we started the Colorado Free Press, coloradofreepress.com. And we now are going to start the Colorado show next Sunday, which we expect to be just as impactful as this show. And I'm going to bring in Ash Epp and Todd Watkins, who are going to join us. Hi, guys. Hey, Hello. thanks for having us. You bet. So Ash is an election integrity activist, really well-known out West, and Todd is very active in the GOP. What's, what's your position in the GOP now, Todd? I'm the vice chairman of the El Paso County GOP. Outstanding and a great writer. I mean, we've gotten a lot Thank of you. good comments on your stuff. So let me start with you, Ash. Tell us the vision of the show and uh, what you plan going forward. So... um we have in Colorado, you know, we call Colorado the election fraud test kitchen we have for a couple of years, but it's really kind of the fraud 
test kitchen and the the spreading communism through American institutions test kitchen. That includes the media. And one of the challenges that we have in Colorado is even conservative media isn't telling the truth. Hmm. So Colorado Free Press has been incredible to to start getting the, the real news, what's behind the headlines out um, to to patriots and and free thinking individuals in Colorado. We've got about Todd can update these numbers if they're more recent than I know, but um, about 23 to 25 percent of the voting population is Republican. 40, 46, 47 is unaffiliated, doesn't doesn't affiliate. I think it's with, higher. Yeah, it, it, I think it, it grew a couple points. Um, yeah, it's like forty nine percent of unaffiliated. Yeah, and it's it, it, almost a almost a dead split between uh, R and D. And what we hear Statewide. from um, what we hear from establishment Republicans uh, is, you know, the people in the middle vote. Independents vote with the left. I, I don't believe that. I'm an I'm an independent. First of all, I left the Republican Party in 2011 after the establishment of the Republican Party systematically destroyed the Tea Party. I left and uh, you know have been working in the middle and trying to capture the hearts and minds of the middle since then. And in Colorado, it's ripe for it because the government corruption is overwhelming. Um, I think we'll talk in a minute about them trying to cram through ranked choice voting. Something I'm very jealous of Georgia over is the fact that you guys stopped ranked choice voting and they're trying to shove it down our throats now here in Colorado. But um, we have a saying uh, that that Todd, I believe, coined uh, grinos, grassroots in name only. Uh, so we have Republicans in name only. We have grassroots in name only. And we're fighting kind of a multi-front battle to get the truth out and to, um, you know, capture the hearts and minds in the middle for the cause of freedom. I, I, for the record, I can't lay claim to that. It's I'll, I'll find the, the correct source because I want to give due due credit for the inventor of that that acronym. So, Todd, what, what do you see in the GOP out out in Colorado? What, what's going on? I mean, is there same same type of subterfuge that we see elsewhere? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, e- even even though the uh, the actual grassroots, not the not the grinos, the actual mm-hmm. grassroots hold most of the uh, the reins of the party in this state, mm-hmm. um, it's it's of little value when you can't get your people into policy making positions. Um, El Paso County, for instance, this is the largest county in the state. Also, it's the largest uh, Republican uh, body in the state. I believe we're fifth or sixth in the nation. We we hold all the offices. Well, the majority, vast majority of offices in the party itself, uh, the entire county, every elected official in the county of Colorado at the you know, from clerk and recorder to county commissioner, they're all Republicans. Um, you wouldn't know it by how they act. Hmm. You, you just uh, the the policies, they're very establishment oriented, they uh, risk averse. And uh, this county is going to turn into L.A. County within the next five, six years with the uh, the hmm. development. So the the division is real. It's palpable. Um, I wish we could have recorded our central committee meeting yesterday and it would have looked like the, uh, you know, the the blue and the gray in 1863. Uh, it's just there's no there's no consensus. It's contentious and it's it's volatile. We, we can't get things done. Uh, they actually objected to inserting language about following the Republican platform into our bylaws. Hmm. Wow. So Ash, talk to us real quick before we go to ranked choice voting. 
you know, what's going on with the election integrity movement out there? I mean, we've seen the Tina Peters stuff. We've seen the lawsuits and people going to jail and a bunch of other even worse stuff. But give us a 30,000 foot overview of what's happening with elections. Sure. So, um, well, first I'll tell your audience, Tina Peters Mm -hmm. trial starts on Wednesday. And Mm -hmm. so people should definitely be following her, following local reporting out of Colorado. We'll be talking about that on the Colorado show next week. And I think Todd Mm -hmm. and I might try to go out for the second week of her trial as well. Um, So it's that's that's important. Also important to know about Tina Peters trial that the things Jenna Griswold stood in front of the world in August of 2021 and said she, you know, breached the machines. She did this. She did that. None of those aren't the charges she's on trial for. Because what Tita Peters did was not a crime. They did, it, it, it is a crime now because they made it a crime after you know a year after she did it with Senate Bill 22153 out here, what they call the, the very dystopian name, Colorado Secure Elections Act. And it's yeah, we had one of those in Florida, too. (laughs) Right. Uh, And so, you know, what what Tina Peters did was well within her her rights to do. And they've, you know, found nitpicky ways to continue persecuting her. That's important to understand. Um, But for the past two years or, you know, three years, really, we've been told Colorado is the gold standard of elections. We know what we're doing. We had all mail in ballots in 2013. We had machines mandated in 2015. Both of those were by Republican secretaries of state, by the way. And uh, we've you know, been told since we've questioned the uh, gasp, how dare we question the outcome of the elections? But since we've questioned them, we've been told this is the best place in the world for elections. You can't do it better than this. Ken Buck came and told all of the grassroots that after the 2020 ele- election, Ken Buck is my congressman for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and said, you know, this is this. We know what we're doing in this state. Our elections, we know what we're doing. Well, now we have to radically transform them. For some reason, they're abolishing caucus as a mean to a means to access the ballot. They're abolishing the primary as a mean to determine candidates for the general. And they want the general to be decided by ranked choice voting. And they're cramming this through. Todd has done some great reporting on this. I can uh, let him go deeper. Yeah, go ahead, Todd. So uh, to what Ash said, it it is uh, right now it's uh, flying under the moniker of Proposition 117, so it would be a constitutional amendment to the uh, Colorado Constitution. It has a hearing by, before the title board. I believe it's a rehearing, so they're going to they're going to talk about it again. On um, uh, it might, geez, it might be tomorrow. It's next week. It's either tomorrow or Tuesday. So for voters in Colorado, you may see it as a single proposition or they might break it into three different propositions. As Ash indicated, there are three lines of effort. The first one is to abolish assembly and uh, access to the ballot would be by petition only. And we can go back and talk about assembly if you've got time or you feel like it. The second is the jungle primary where every single candidate that uh, gains access to a primary ballot would be on one single primary ballot distributed to every voter in the state. So everybody can vote for the other party's person either uh, to, to skew it, to, to monkey wrench it, or for ideological purposes. This is the worst. I think this part is actually worse than the ranked choice voting because what happens, the results of the primary for every office. So for if you're uh, you've got 12 people running for dog catcher from Republican to Democrat to Green to Constitution Party to anything. The top four vote getters advance to the uh, general ballot, irrespective of party affiliation. 
So you could literally have four Democrats on the general election. And this is for every single office in the state. It won't apply to president, but everything else that is that falls under the the auspices of the secretary of state would be uh, adjudicated this way. And then so you get to the general ballot, the general election, and that is ranked choice voting. And we I think wow. most people know the problems with that. But this this is existential if you're a Republican in a state that has seized control of elections by radical Democrats uh, there, this could be the end of our party. It could be the end of anybody's party. Single party rule is the outcome here. So real quick, and we'll go ahead, Ash, go ahead. Well, I was just going to add, uh, you know, so talking about the assembly, the last assembly for the 2022 midterm election was the first time in a decade that we saw Republican members of the party come out in force and participate in caucus and primary and assembly through the primary. It was very embarrassing for the establishment, the 2022 assembly. They had a slate of, I think it was six or seven Senate candidates. And the only one that made it onto the ballot was Ron Hanks in the assembly Mm -hmm. process. Ron Hanks, obviously a, a great patriot out here in Colorado. Very embarrassing for them. So much so that some of the Republican establishment members started talking about abolishing primary right after the, uh, or abolishing assembly rather right after the last assembly, because they, they took a beating and the people showed up and showed where their voices. Remember every vote at the assembly is representative of hundreds of voters back in the precinct. And so the people um, showed up in force and now two years later, we're, uh, you know, we're having to fend off an attack. And this isn't just a piece of legislation. It's a constitutional amendment to abolish caucus and party primaries. Well, we're going to have you back on this because obviously we're just scratching the surface and uh, we're down to our hour format now. So I got to move on to our next guest. But so the Colorado show next Sunday and uh, tell us real quick your socials so people can follow you where they need to go to follow you besides Colorado Free Press. Start with Ash. Yeah, all my stuff is Ash in America, Ash with an E. Uh, I have an index of everywhere my content is. I also write for Colorado Free Press. I do a whole bunch mm-hmm. of other shows and, and content as well. You can go to linktree.com slash Ash in America, and that's where all my stuff is. And you, Todd? Uh, you, I don't have a whole lot of social media presence, but uh, uh, you, you can use my name in Facebook or uh, on Twitter. Find me there. Um, I should probably be more active than I am, but I, I think I just absorb uh, more information than <laughs> well, I, than you, I you, you put it out in a very effective way on the Colorado free press. So I would encourage Appreciate people to it. check you out there and uh, check out the Colorado show next Sunday. It'll be all over the CDM network and you can find it there. So thanks guys very much. Thanks for having Thank us. You. All right. So wanted to just wet the whistle of Colorado and make Georgians aware of what's coming. It, it was interesting to hear the, some of the, observations of folks named Republicans yet acting differently. We've heard so much of that so far in this uh, session in Georgia. Seems to be a common problem. It is. And uh, let's run real quick an ad from our friend in Nebraska, Glade Miller-Smith. Okay. Back up. 
So that's familyfarmbeefbox.com. Uh, check out the website and support Glade because he supports us. So, Bill, uh, we have uh, a new editor-in-chief at the Manhattan.press, which is our New York paper, and we're really excited about the future there. Let's. I'm going to bring in Court Anderson. Oh, you got it. Thank Here you. Here we go. Court, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Good afternoon. So you're a finance guy. You're an activist. Uh, give people the 30,000-foot view of uh, who you are and, and what your vision is at the Manhattan. Sure. So uh, I've lived on and off in New York City for 25 years now, so about half my life. Um, I come from a finance background with uh, Morgan Stanley and Ameriprise uh, Financial Planning and uh, helped to manage some uh, futures funds back in the day uh, before hedge funds became the, uh, the next yeah. big thing. And um, have gotten more interested in recent years in in politics and writing about politics. And what I've felt for a long time uh, living in New York and being interested in the political scene here is that there are far too many, uh, far too few conservative voices uh, and the ones that, that are there get drowned out by, by the left. So um, when we began talking about this opportunity at the Manhattan dot press, I was naturally excited about it. And, you know, the, the, we've we've done over the last several year or so since the, the Manhattan Press has been open. I mean, we've had a lot of political coverage and, uh, you know, a lot of our shows run there. We have the book of book uh, lists, which we'll talk about in a minute. But we're, we're going to try to diversify this out and to make it more of a one stop shop for people, for restaurants, theaters. What else? What other stuff do you want to cover just besides politics and investigative reporting, which we're going to do, obviously? Sure. Yeah, I, I, I feel like um, the this, this city obviously offers so much, uh, mm -hmm. but again, it, it comes from a particular slant. So mm -hmm. if, it's, if it's politics, I think it's important to have somebody on the ground and doing it in a way that isn't um, mass media. I, I, I want to be talking live to people on the streets about what's happening. For instance, yeah. let's, let's take the migrant crisis. Um, this is of, of such proportions that it, it could potentially bankrupt the city. Um, down to something more mundane, but very interesting to people who live here, uh, the subway system. What, what's mm -hmm. happened with homelessness problem, crime in the subways, there's a police presence on some days, some days there isn't. Uh, I'd like to talk to the, to the cops. I'd like to talk to some of the people uh, riding, mm -hmm. um, et cetera. So, and then we get into a local stuff of interest um, that may be of interest for people coming to visit. Uh, restaurants, theater. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, you mentioned uh, the book review, but films as well. And then I think, importantly, collaborating with other local investigative journalists. So yes. our reach is only so far if we have people in our tribe, so to speak, that we can uh, amplify their voices and bring them on, collaborate with them. I think that'd be a big win. So the Manhattan dot press has the Manhattan dot press bestsellers list, and it's a variety of categories. And, you know, the New York times has their bestsellers list, but it's been well known to be censored. And, you know, Alex Jones wasn't where he should have been on that list when his book came out initially. And, uh, but the best, the Manhattan bestsellers list is completely uncensored. You'll find the, the actual books that are selling the most. We get, data from our uh, JV with history of books. So it's accurate data. And 
there'll be liberal books on there. There'll be everything, just what's selling, what people are buying. But we're starting a book awards, and it's going to be across multiple categories. So if you're a conservative publisher or not even a conservative publisher, a publisher who wants to put your book in the ring, um, we have a link on the page, right, Court? Correct. And so uh, we will be having books submitted and then from publishers, from authors, and then we will have a panel of judges that are going to put a lot of time into reading all these books and going through metrics as to how to rank them. And they will have awards in different categories and an award uh, for the book of the year. So that's the Manhattan.press book awards. We'll put the link up on uh, all the different CDM sites. But Court, anything else? How do people find you on social media? I, I have to give Court a shout out because he was writing for us a few years ago. And everything you are writing about court has been spot on. I mean, the child trafficking, the, uh, you know, the, the calling of different, um, you know, I mean, I, I remember a, an article you wrote with Madonna and I think it was one other star. I don't remember, but man, you were spot on when they were during COVID and they were missing the, the pedophilia. I, I, I wish I was wrong, but um, yeah, yeah that, that turned out, that turned out to be right. Uh, the only other thing that comes to mind, um, would be uh, the Trump rally in the Bronx mm -hmm. uh, coming up on March 16th. Uh, yes, I think that's right. March 16th in the Bronx. Um, obviously a volatile place to begin with. You add more volatility with Trump, it should be pretty interesting. But I, I think yeah. the, the angle, and maybe, maybe the reason he chose that spot is we've seen this uh, ever since they've started uh, putting him on trial endlessly. I think there's been more of a sense of camaraderie yeah. with that community, perhaps that, um, that that there's room there to take some votes. So we'll see. And I, I know Bill's going to contact you offline probably this week and talk about some of the issues with the trafficking that we found that relate to New York City. So yeah, look forward to it, Bill. You bet. Bill, do you got anything you want to ask? Uh, no, I, I did want to offer something of encouragement. We've, we've heard the same thing. We had uh, both ourselves and uh, uh, other colleagues across the conservative media here in Georgia have heard that what you just mentioned, there is a there is a growing sense of camaraderie by those that, you know, in years past, we might have thought, well, they're just not going to see it this way. But now they do. They see Trump's persecution and they relate to it. And they say, you know what? He's he's my guy. Um, He's, he's standing up to what I've seen done to you know people that I know. So, and it, it's interesting because historically um, he was you know we, we go back to the 80s and 90s and, and early aughts that he was um, very popular in the African American community, seen as a you know a guy who made it and and and, and made it in a flashy way and uh, was a success. Yeah. Definitely. So uh, they cer certainly turned the narrative. Hopefully, it, it swings back. Court, thanks so much. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Okay, Bill, who we got next? All right. So, uh, did we do we need to uh, acknowledge any of our supporters? Uh, I well, uh, we're kind of we're pressed on time. Let's okay. just roll into. All into right. It. So next up, we have Brian K. Pritchard. Mr. Pritchard, how are you this afternoon? And thank you for joining us. I'm doing great, Bill and Todd. I appreciate it. Great show today. I really, I really enjoy. Um, the next time I'm on, I don't know if I always want to be last, but be, no, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Being being last, I get an opportunity to listen to these great guests and what you got going on in Colorado and what you got going on in Manhattan. So 
You know, at first I'm thinking, oh, Bill, you put me at the end. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. Now now what's happening in Colorado, ranked choice voting and what you guys got going on in Manhattan? You guys just got an amazing show, and I appreciate it, and I appreciate you guys always yeah. inviting me on. Well, last, it isn't about last the position. Last it's about the ability to load you up with great content thoughts. So, exactly. sorry, Doug, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, last is the place of honor here at the Georgia Show. Yes. So. I'll take yeah. it. So it's been a bizarre week, to say the least, with the discoveries out of Hartsfield, with uh, the concerns that have now gone across Georgia like a wave, um, you know, and yet the, the concerns seem to be in the people. So I know you've been in touch with folks all across the state. You're, you're visiting with them almost daily. Tell us what you're hearing based on what's emerged, even, even just this week. Well, first of all, I want to say, Bill, you did some great work this week. Uh, you did. You really did a great job breaking this story with uh, state senator in here in Georgia, Colton Moore. Um, amazing work you did there. It go. It goes right in line with stuff that you and I both have been working on. You know, December twenty sixth, the day after Christmas, I came on the air. I I put out that uh, uh, Florida Congressman Matt Gates. He was reporting, and nobody touched this. He was reporting Delta was flying plane loads, plane loads with no manifest. They were just loading them up. Delta was, and, you know, I played the clip this week. I reported that December 26th that this was going on. I kept saying, you know, I tagged Brian Kemp, governor of Georgia, in in, in uh, X post saying, where are they? Where are they going? Delta, where are they going? As you well know, in Delta, you know, uh, in Georgia, that's like the untouchable. We're not allowed to say anything where Delta's concerned in Georgia, God forbid. But we, we reported that December, they're loading them up. We don't know where they're going. And then the amazing work that uh, Colton Moore did there at the airport you know, it has been crickets here in Georgia. We can't get one word out of a lawmaker. We can't get anything out of Brian Kemp. Governor Kemp went to the border and he announced that he's supporting Texas and Governor Greg Abbott. And, you know, boy, we're glad you're doing that, Governor Kemp. But what about here in Georgia? Uh, Marty Kemp, always highlighting human trafficking, not a word. I mean, I was listening to Mallory earlier. Not a single word has been said. As you well know, Bill, I've spoke with um, Sheriff Lamb out, out in Arizona. We've confirmed these that, that our government is loading up these NGOs with money, massive amounts of money. So folks out there, when you hear someone, a lawmaker say, well, we're not giving these people a $5,000 gift card or we're not doing this. Uh, no, that's not a direct shot. They're not. They're giving it to these NGOs and the NGOs are giving the gift card. So we know that's happening. And, and this past week, Bill, as you well know, and I'm going to put it out there because we have it on tape. Gilmer County, we have hundreds of cabins in the woods in North Georgia, hundreds of rental cabins. And I have on tape this week where I interviewed Gilmer County Sheriff Stacy Nicholson, you know, rural county. They've had recently two calls with suspicious activity to cabins. 
They get out there. They're adult men from mid Middle Eastern countries. And as I think the, the sheriff said, quote himself, they're not from countries that like us, <laughs> uh, nothing about us, and they're not here to have a barbecue. Now, they couldn't find anything illegal that they were doing. But, you know, where is, sad to say, I don't want to, I, I don't, I don't even want to talk like, when is the next terrorist attack in this country that we've allowed to come across that border? Are people, and not a word being said. So, I mean, you know, I know there's a lot to unpack there, but. Uh, well, Trump well, we said that this morning on Maria Bartiromo, that 100% there's going to be a terrorist attack. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now, at the same time, we don't want to spread. Um, the feeling that people need to begin doing things that uh, that are that are not in their normal um, authority, I'll call it. Um, we do want to make sure that information is flowing freely across everybody that needs it in Georgia. We've been doing a lot of that this week at the Georgia Record. We're getting all kinds of inf information on organizations, money flow, connections. As you might have seen earlier, we talked about just the first few of those. But, but information at this stage is, is critical. Um, I think I'm hoping that as this becomes just so big that you just can't ignore it, then we'll begin to hear um, proposals and acknowledgement from those, as you say, that, that are today um, largely silent. And that's very concerning. Well, Bill, you know, I, I, I'm with you um, and, and folks out there listening. I, I have to say this, and I can only put it this way. Our lawmakers in Georgia, wherever you're at, we, we hear nothing, nothing at all. In fact, Bill, they went SR 543, SR 543, a resolution. Georgia state senators passed a resolution on February 1st. After your reporting came out, we're waiting to hear something. They passed a resolution, America's Border Increase Protection, We Stand Behind Texas Resolution, not a word about what's taking place. And I just have to say this, um, I don't want to alarm people, but I just have to look at the camera and tell your audience and anyone out there, folks, our lawmakers are not doing anything about this, and you should pay attention. And what I mean by that, you should pay close attention to your surroundings. That's my personal concern right now. Every, everywhere is we've got to pay attention because what has come across that border? How many times have you guys done show after show with people coming on and, and uh, military age people coming from all over the world across that border that's just wide open? And, uh, you know, here we are in the Middle East with Joe Biden and the warmongers uh, they've started another war over there. So where is the retaliation? Is the retaliation going to be on one of our military bases somewhere in the world? Or is it retaliation? One more thing, and I'm getting wound up. I am so tired of the propaganda media leading you to believe that this is Denver and this is Chicago and, and this is New York. Folks, they are in your neighborhoods and they're here to collapse your uh, medical, our, our, our healthcare systems, our school systems, your local area, that's what their goal is, is to totally collapse us. I'm sorry, you guys get me wound up here today. It's okay. We heard a little bit about uh, HB 900 earlier. Luckily, that seems to be 
hopefully dead on arrival. But in this day and age, how do we know? Um, just to give people a sense of what that is, it's a it's a democratically sponsored uh, bill in the uh, Georgia House that would essentially take housing, um, nutrition, meaning food, meaning transportation, education, and wrap it all into something that Georgia would have to take responsibility for, for um, for uh, school age children uh, and and perhaps older, regardless of their status within this country. So basically, hey, here it, another example of, hey, here's the bounty of the country. We'll just give it away so that, you know, y'all can be, y'all can be welcome. There, people have, a, I think, are struggling with this on one hand because they look at it and they see these nice pictures of, you know, folks coming into the country and they're smiling at the camera and so forth. But this is not a question of um, compassion for folks. The People have compassion. This is about the, the logical way and the realistic way that countries work or begin not to work for me. Um, when you start doing these things, you're taking away the equity that folks have built over their lifetimes, working, putting money away, doing everything else. And now they find that they're in a position to have to support others that have been here for two days. It just doesn't, doesn't seem right. And that seems to be something that resonates when people really recognize what it is. Well, you know, they play on Americans' compassion because we are, we're, we're compassionate people. And we, we, we do not, we, we have never sat back and watched worldwide suffering or suffering here at home. And they know that, so they play on that. But your lawmakers, and I don't care where you're at out there watching, you go up to your lawmakers and there's not one of you that can, one of them that can look you in the eye and tell you what's come across that border. Not a one can actually look at you and say, this is what's come across that border. And the other thing is, it's very irritating to me. And wherever you're at, I'm in Georgia and I want to know where the hell they're at. I want to know where they're at and and uh, what what I mean, we hear and I, I don't want to put this out right now because, Bill, I know you're working on some things over there at the Georgia record. Todd, you guys are working on things in other areas. So I want to caution of putting it out, but we're we're hearing about different things going on in different areas in Georgia, and it's not in the metro Atlanta area. And then you look at what I what I see in Boston, where they're taking recreation centers and 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 completely wiping out these recreation centers and putting cots in there for thousands to come into these areas. Um, that leads me to say another thing. I think Trump wins in a landslide. I just want to throw that out. I haven't had a chance to say that in a while. Go ahead, Todd. Sorry about that. Oh no, no, you're you're doing good. It's all good. Um, I don't have anything to add. <laughs> so, so one of the things that I make wanted to make sure people are paying attention to now is, you know, we have a tendency to think of the border crisis, if you will, as a Mexican border crisis, and no. and people moving through Mexico to get here. But you could see from the reporting that we showed earlier that this problem is worldwide. There's there's folks coming in inexplicably in some cases from countries where they should be relatively happy to be, yet they're not. And why are they coming in? One of the things that we did not show, uh, which is part of a uh, video we'll post it in the Georgia record this week, is uh, the remainder of the video showing uh, uh, Chinese uh, documents explaining yes. them how to get in. 
And what, what goes on at the end of that video is uh, the reporter asks a Chinese national, are there Chinese spies using this to get into the U.S.? And the gentleman ends up answering the question, yes. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I know we're talking about the border and what and what what has happened, but I just want to say, as you well know, I I focus on watching the uh, deep state corporate corrupt media and and the propaganda shows, especially every Sunday. I watch the propaganda shows, and I'm going to tell you something. Um, after watching six uh, six hours of it, um, it's interesting. This week, the Trump legal issues have have taken a little bit of a setback for them they're, they're, they're they they nobody's talking about Fonnie Willis that case is all but falling apart in Georgia I mean uh, I don't know what the outcome would be I don't want to make predictions yet but the Fonnie Willis case in Georgia is basically falling apart Jack Smith's case uh, has been taken off the calendar for now Alvin Bragg's case in New York is so weak uh, with the Stormy Daniels and the hush money. And uh, it, just just pay attention to that this week, that these cases are falling apart rapidly. And you had Colorado on there. Let's just throw out also this week, the Supreme Court will hear the Colorado keep Trump off the ballot uh, case this week, which all predictions are from people like Jonathan Turley is that this goes nowhere. So, um, you know, th- there's a lot happening of the smoke and mirrors that I call it, that they're trying to keep us away from what's really going on at that border. Yep. We're going to have one heck of a lot of work to do over the coming months. So uh, we're happy to happy to have you with us. We'll, I'm sure you'll be back uh, a number of times. So thank you for being with us today. And I'm just always- so- Go ahead, Todd. I was going to say, everybody can watch you on the Georgia Record uh, every morning uh, on our video section, uh, Voice of Rural America. And on your own channel on Rumble, Voice of of Rural America. You guys Uh, are awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Brian. Wow, what a show. Uh, Just for our audience's sake, we're going to be moving to a format where the first hour is pretty hard, fast. Uh, and then we'll have a tail, which moves into the second hour if we have more, but we're going to do a hard break. Today, we don't have anything more in the second hour, but going forward, the second hour will be separated from the first because uh, our time constraints on Frank's speech. Uh, 8 a.m., Monday through Friday, supposedly starting tomorrow, but we'll see. But uh, that's all I got, Bill. Uh, maybe maybe a quick mention of some of the other places folks can get information from CDM would be appropriate. Oh, uh, yeah. We've got uh, brand new folks watching. Yeah, of course. So uh, cdm.press is the main site. All our websites are at the top. Manha- at Manhattan Press is the Manhattan, where you can find the book bestsellers list and the book awards program. And that the website is themanhattan.press. But we have papers all over the country. We have a military site. We have an Espanol site. Go to cdm.press, see the top menu, and check out CDM sites. Thanks, Bill. That's great. All right. We'll see you next time. All right. <laughs>